and Ben, you look very well. Remzo, you look amazing. Yeah, you all Christmassy. Hello, Rock Breath. Hello, Rock Breath. And to our very small crowd tonight, since it is Christmas Eve for many of us, so we are just humbly, humbly uh, thankful. Ben, are you ready? Is your phone off? Ready, ready, ready. And I'll turn it off right now. Just a minute. You are too kind. No, you're too kind. Turning it off right now, boss. Okay, I want to welcome yeah. everybody to this very special, it's a special Ben Stein Christmas special. Um, at the world according to Ben Stein, I want to welcome everybody out there that's listening to us on YouTube, on Facebook, at the world according to Ben Stein. Um, also, uh, Remzo will tell you all the different avenues you could find us at. Um, we have with us uh, podcaster extraordinaire. He's got a podcast called On the Run with Remzo, right? Uh, On the Run with Remzo Martinez, yep. And tell us about the comic book one quickly because I'm fascinated by people that like comic books. I, I've got a show with my good friend of many years, Mr. Mark Clare from Los Angeles, where every Wednesday me and him get together for an hour or two and we talk about the comic book characters, writers, artists, the stories that help make us the geeks and nerds we are today. That's that's amazing, of course. Sounds great to me. Oops, sorry, sir. Sounds great to me. And of course, actor, provocateur, saint, sinner, husband, lover, man of mystery, America's humble servant, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I, of course, your host at Judah Friedman on Parlor. And I want to welcome everybody on this beautiful Christmas night to this uh, first annual Ben Stein Christmas special. I thought it's extremely important because uh, Remzo, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but every year on Facebook, I guess Ben had done a hit years ago on um, CBS Sunday Morning, where they transcribed yes. it, yes. where they transcribed it, and it just gets virally spread every single year and all over Facebook of Ben's defense of Christmas. And Ben, I'd love to hear from you why and what that piece was about, if you remember. <laughs> That's quite funny. I wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I, I, I remember things from kindergarten. Anyway, uh, I was uh, unhappy. A thousand pieces. That's why I say that. More than that. More than, more than that. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was unhappy because I would go around wishing everybody Merry Christmas, as people had done when I was a child, and nobody would wish me Merry Christmas back. And they would, at the most, mumble Happy Holidays. And usually they'd say nothing. But, and I said, what's wrong with wishing people Merry Christmas? It is Christmas. It's Christ's birthday. It's Christmas. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. I'm not torturing anyone. I'm not crucifying anyone. I'm not punishing anyone. Uh, and uh, it didn't hurt me when I was a child for people to say Merry Christmas to me. Uh, I have a house in Malibu, and we used to have up in the mid-Malibu a beautiful Christmas crash, which was a, um, uh, a nativity scene, and uh, it aroused tremendous controversy in, in Malibu, and uh, I thought to myself, why? Why? I mean, that right across the street from it is a menorah. That didn't involve uh, create any controversy. Why would this create controversy? And I, I have a very, very smart friend, incredibly smart friend named John Kecker, 
very, very successful lawyer, classmate of mine at Yale, really smart guy, who said, people don't like to be pushed around. And I thought, Christians are being pushed around, not being allowed to put up Christmas decorations and not being allowed to, to, uh, to say Merry Christmas. And even now, I'm speaking to you from our home in Rancho Mirage, California, which is an incredibly beautiful community, about 10 miles, 15 miles east of Palm Springs. And we, for years, had a Christmas decorations in our front yard put up by our um, uh, wonderful helper, and uh, uh, Jacqueline. And some of the neighbors who are Jewish, I guess, complained about it. And I said, well, I'm as Jewish as you are. My wife's not Jewish. Surely she's allowed to put up whatever she wants. Well, actually, it was my idea to put them up, not hers. And uh, anyway, so I, I just, uh, I just feel feel as if it's wrong for Christians to be being persecuted and belittled in this way. And I wrote about it in, I wrote about it and I spoke about it on CBS Sunday morning, where I used to be a very, very frequent contributor. And uh, excuse me, we won, we won at least two Emmys for it, and uh, maybe three. I don't remember now, but I think two. I think two. And uh, the uh, and we really, really got a ton of response and all positive. And uh, I feel the same way about it now. I mean, I and I go around uh, to places saying Merry Christmas, and hardly anyone says Merry Christmas back. And I said to a young woman yesterday uh, at to the bank, I you who didn't respond when I said Merry Christmas, or I said, Are you told by management that you're not allowed to say Merry Christmas? She said, No, I'm just afraid. I bet I'd get in trouble if I did. I said, well, you won't get in trouble. And uh, she, so she said, Merry Christmas. So God bless you. And then right down the street from there is a great ice cream shop. And everybody there says Merry Christmas. So uh, little by little, the Christmas spirit is spreading. It's being spread by this old Jew. Ben, what's funny, Remzo, is he actually does it like as like, I don't want to use, it's like, um, I don't want to use the word Mexican standoff. Um, he does he, ah. he does it like sort of as like a Jewish Christian Against uh, against America standoff or for America standoff, where he's like this: Merry Christmas, Merry. Yeah, Christmas. No, I say it very hard. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, he, he, and he says it, and he he he'll say it about ten times until somebody acknowledges him one way or the other. And I think it's great. Yeah. I think people in America need somebody like Ben Stein saying it as many times as possible because it's a disgrace that you're not allowed to say it. It's an absolute disgrace. And I gotta tell you, Rimzo, as a Jew, and I'll let you get in, Rimzo, as as a Jew over here, it's it I'm not offended by it at all. What I'm more offended by is this is this happy holidays thing. Because oh, I hate that. And the reason I hate, I hate, I hate it is because it takes away the specialness of a day. You know, you're you're pretty much encompassing everything into the same thing. And it's like, no, today's Christmas, last week was Hanukkah coming up is, you know, it, these are the holidays. And Remzo, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I think it's quite hilarious, Judah. Before we had actually started, I asked you, you know, what, what do you do on Christmas? Do you go to a Chinese restaurant? And, uh, you know, you know, it's it's quite funny. I I, I think I've had a bit of a, a peculiar look at the whole cultural landscape. I, you know, growing up right outside of uh, Washington, D.C. since 2007, you know, I, I had a lot of diverse friends from many different parts of the world. And uh, I, I can honestly say that my Muslim friends, my Buddhist friends, my Hindu friends, none of them were ever offended 
by the idea of Christmas or me celebrating Christmas or saying Merry Christmas, they all took part in it in their own way. And, you know, the secular commercialized way with Santa and the Christmas tree and everything. But, you know, I, I would, I would be the first one to tell some of my Muslim friends, you know, happy Ramadan, you know, are you celebrating uh, Diwali to my Hindu friends and everything else? And it was just one of those things that we just accepted of each other. It's what makes us a great country. We can come here and worship and express ourselves freely and celebrate that. It was always my, you know, just, just to say it bluntly, my white liberal teachers in, in public school that were the ones that were just really kind of nailing it down. I mentioned it in my first book. I had a, an English teacher my freshman year of high school. I said, Merry Christmas to somebody. And he pulled me aside, you know, as if oh. I had just committed a thought crime or something. He said, Remso. I you said Heil Hitler. As if you said Heil Hitler. <laughs> Uh, at that point, you know, he might as well have heard that, but he was like, Rem, so, you know, you, you might offend somebody who doesn't celebrate Christmas. And I'm like, who doesn't celebrate Christmas? Everyone loves Christmas here. We call it Christmas vacation for crying out loud. So it was, it was always quite odd. Yes, Ben. And, and, I, and I may say so. Uh, Christmas, uh, for, for Jews to be upset about Christmas is, is particularly upsetting and strange to me since, of course, Jesus was a Jew. And Jesus said, I have not come to change one jot or tittle of the Old Testament, by which you mean title, of the Old Testament. I have come to enforce the law and not to change the law. So why, why would we, we be upset about a Jew uh, obtain, uh, reaching a position of stupendous prominence in the world? And, and, and of course, the lessons of Jesus, especially as preached in the Sermon on the Mount, which is the essence of the, of the New Testament, are brilliant and fantastic and absolutely mind-bogglingly important in the development of the human personality. And I believe, as I've often said, and Judah will bear me out on this, that my wife is the living embodiment of those principles, a, a genuine saint, an authentic saint. And uh, I don't think it's an accident that she's very Christian. And by the way, did you mention that your Christmas tree is up all year? I have a Christmas tree up all year at the house in Beverly Hills. I have a Christmas tree up all year at the living room of the house in Rancho Mirage. And I have a Christmas tree up all year in the bedroom of the house in Rancho Mirage. And a Christmas tree up all year at a condo I keep in Rancho Mirage that I keep for friends and visitors who come to visit me. But I, I, I gotta tell you something. It's, 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 it, uh, it strikes me as amazing is that a Jew from Virginia, from, from, from Maryland, I mean, um, Maryland. A Jew from Maryland um, is, uh, for you know, Nixon's speech writer, is the lone Republican sometimes, or the lone, you're like the, you know, the X-Files had the lone gunman, you're like the lone conservative, the lone person that actually has the, the cojones to, to come out and say this sort of stuff. It's absolutely... Yeah, well, it reminded me of I was, uh, years and years ago, my wifey and I went to a communal Passover Seder at our synagogue, Temple of Israel, all over a beautiful, beautiful building. And somebody was making fun of me for being a Republican and <clears throat> said to me, see, you have to just always go along with the crowd, don't you, Ben? And I said to him, look, there are a thousand people in this room. I guarantee you, my wife and I are the only Republicans. And I can tell you one thing, Remzo, us two going to a temple in L.A., it is more. Oh, yeah. I'd rather be, I'm not, I, I'd rather be in, in, a pri in prison for the night. That's how uncomfortable we are made to feel. 
is, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm not joking. When the rabbi will give a speech in these liberal synagogues, they'll literally look at Ben as they're speaking and uh, yeah. you know, giving the giving the anti message. The uh, but but I, I just wanted to say it again one time, Ben, because it, it's really cool that you wrote that piece and people use that as like a a a, 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 a symbol that they could they too can say it. And I wish there would be. We've learned that so many are spineless, but that people aren't just screaming this from the from the from the skyscrapers. It, it, the people we elect, our elected officials, other than President Trump and Mike Pence, are mm -hmm. not screaming this, sir. Trump is a hero. Let's 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 uh, let's go into this uh, Christmas by talking about the Christmas miracles of Trump's vaccine which was held up for a year by the FDA, the Democrat bureaucrats at the FDA, held up for a year. Went, let's go into this Christmas holiday, thankful for the miracle of the recovering economy, done by Trump's courage. Uh, let's be thankful for the steps towards peace in the Holy Land, thanks to Trump. Let's be thankful that we were blessed to have Trump for four years. I wish, 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 wish it could be four more years. Maybe there will be. He's in great health. Maybe there will be. And again, Ben, you know, what about the fact that we haven't been at war? We, you know, we, we haven't right. started right. a war. Right. I mean, you know, I right. know libertarians like Remzo might disagree and think we just reallocate troops, but we haven't at least started a war, Remzo. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm all for that. When you want to talk about President who has really, you know, gone toe to toe with them with, you know, so many people that want to drag us into so many conflicts. I remember uh, before he got nominated for his first Nobel Peace Prize, he was at a press conference. I think it was right around, um, you know, May of 2018 and the rumblings were going around and a reporter from NBC asked him, uh, you know, do you want to get a Nobel Peace Prize out of this? And he, he stopped for a moment. He made eye contact with the reporter and he said, peace is the prize. And he walked away. And I do truly wow, mean great. that. He I never said knew that. that story. That's great. That's great. It, it's, that's great. it's an amazing story. And I mean, you know, no, no one is perfect. But when it came to try and keep the world at peace, when it came to trying to lead a message of diplomacy and non-interventionism, uh, you know, he not only what had the had the taxpayers at heart, but he had our servicemen and women at heart. He had the, the minds to know that there are other people in the world with their own lives and their own families. I mean, this is the man when Iran shot down one of our drones and a whole bunch of people were like, okay, we can go ahead and bomb the, the area in Iran that has like 300 or so Iranian soldiers. He said, is one drone worth the lives of 300 men? And he said, no, that's not worth it. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a piece of peacemaker. And that's what no one will gives him enough credit for. He's truly a peacemaker. And that was exactly Nixon, too. Nixon was the peacemaker. Nixon saved Israel from having to use the nuclear, as, as Bush would say, a nuclear bomb in the Yom Kippur War. The Israel was getting ready to have to use it. And uh, the Russians were about to drop paratroops near Cairo to fend off the Israeli army, Nixon stepped in, went to DEFCON 2, said to the Russians, we're, we're not going to let you do this. We're, we're going to nuclear war if you try to upset the unfolding peace in the Middle East. And he got his way. He was the ultimate peacemaker, not to mention ending the war in Vietnam, bringing home the POWs, 
uh, had he been president, had the Democrats not kicked him out, there would have been no Cambodian Holocaust. This was a man who was a Quaker by birth and loved peace. Mother was a devout Quaker. He loved peace. And the Washington establishment thrives on war. They they can't live with peace, man. Oh, God, that's terrible. And, and if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world, according to Ben Stein, but it's a very special world, according to Ben Stein. It's, it's a Ben Stein Christmas special. Um, and Remzo, can you please tell people where they could find this? Well, folks, it's easier than ever before. If you're watching us right now, please go ahead, hit that bell icon so you, so you can subscribe. That way you get a notification whenever we go live or there's a new up, episode uploaded uh, on social media. You can go ahead and follow us at The World According to Ben Stein over at Facebook. And it's never been easier than before at Ben Stein on Parlor. And please, if you're catching the audio version, it takes you just a few seconds. It costs you nothing, but it means everything to us. A five-star rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher for the world according to ben stein helps get this show out to thousands of more people so please tell your lovers your enemies your friends your family the world according to ben stein available on itunes and wherever podcasts are available thank you remzo you are you're hired and i want to welcome everybody back to the world according to ben stein but there's something you said that you both brought up that's that's and i've been saying i've been saying this to you ben you know for as long as i've known you i've never been a big fan of europe and i don't think anybody uh, of europe and our allies in Europe. And I think Trump saw the decline before anybody else did in our, in our and, and he focused on the middle as the Middle East being our new, our new allies in a sense. And, and, and if we could get the Middle East, we gain strength. Well, I, I think if I may say so, <clears throat> Europe has been a mess for quite a long time and they have suffered unbelievably in World War I in the interwar period and in World War II, unbelievably. And they are not, they are largely hollowed out by the horrible things that have happened to them. And now they have the influx of troublemaking people from the Middle East. So um, they are a real problem area. But on the other hand, who can deny the greatness of the British? I mean, the British are just, look at James Bond, for God's sake. James yes, Bond. Yes, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, <laughs> Yeah, but my point, going back to it, I was just trying to say, of, of look what he's done in the Middle East. He saw something that nobody else had seen since maybe Nixon would have seen it. He saw something that it, that it took 40, 50 years to see that out, that enemies could become allies. And there, and, and I yes. and and as a Jew on this holy day for Christians, I am truly honored and have so much gratitude that he had that that vision. And that fortitude that um, I, I can't think of anybody else that would have had. Jeff Nixon, I always say to my wifey, the absolute saint of saints, that she is the most Christian person I have ever met. <clears throat> and that's intended as a high praise. And just as I was walking across the house to get to this uh, computer, I said to her, the second after you would be Nixon because he was a peacemaker. And that the person who can make peace and who can forgive is walking in the footsteps of God. And uh, so, and I believe Trump was walking in those footsteps. Um, I agree with you completely. I don't want to wonk this whole hour with, um, with politics. It is Christmas. Um, 
and it is a Ben Stein Christmas special. Let's talk about Christmas. Let's talk about Christmas. And, and uh, Trump has given us many presents under the tree, and we're all extremely grateful for that. But uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is I, um, and to people out there on YouTube, you can please feel free to join in and chime in. I'm sure you see in your generation, Ben, it's a wonderful life was the, um, was the tour de force, I would say of Christmas movies. Well, I would, and that movie actually came out, I think, I may be wrong about this, about two or three years after I was born. And I, I wasn't really familiar with it until I was uh, in high school, let's say. You're but a, it was certainly the, certainly the ultimate Christmas movie. Yeah, but that's when most people become, you know, I didn't become, you know. I, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. The reason I brought that up is because of somebody that both of us look at as an absolute genius, and I realize this, might have two of the best Christmas movies of all time, which is John Hughes. An ultimate stupendous genius. He had Christmas Vacation, and he had Home Alone. And what about planes, trains, and automobiles? That's more Thanksgiving. I think they were trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're totally right. I apologize. It's so funny because I have just across the hall from where I'm sitting a disc of uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And on the cover of it, there is the, the, are there are two heroes in front of a Christmas tree. So I guess I got thrown off by looking at that DVD cover. But I just find I it fascinating, Ben, that this guy had, I mean, you look at his work and it's like so easy to forget that he had these masterpieces of, of I mean, Remzo. I mean, I'm sure Home Alone is one of your favorite movies. Oh, my gosh. I was I watched Home Alone this morning and I watched uh, Home Alone 2 Lost in New, New York this afternoon. I can't go a year around Christmas and not watch both of those films. And what about the Christmas vacations? Uh, that, that comes on AMC in like a, an hour and I'm going to go watch it with my father. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Those films. I mean, what, what John Hughes tapped into was what I, he, he tapped into something that is devoid in a lot of Christmas movies. And I, I actually really hate Hallmark movies. I hate Hallmark movies because they're so devoid of, of what Christmas is actually about. And you brought up home alone. My favorite scene of home alone. I was talking to my father about this is when, uh, you know, the day after the bandits are arrested and Kevin is just hoping to wake up and see his family and his mother comes home. And, and there's a moment there. It's kind of a poignant moment where she says, you know, Mer Merry Christmas, Kevin, as they're staring at each other, she gets home and there's a moment of silence. And she's like, Kevin, I I'm so sorry. And it's just that moment where Kevin remembers the talk with the stranger. And he's like, you know, love is not having to say, I'm sorry. And he just runs over and he hugs his mother and it, it brings a tear to my eye every time. But, but it's those soft moments that are so devoid in, in many things. And throughout every John Hughes film, whether it's Christmas Vacation or Home Alone, and, you know, of course, even though Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is more of a Thanksgiving movie, it, it's constantly that message of that renewed hope. That is what Christmas is about. That's what Ferris is about too. It's about it's about hope, and, and and if I may say so, it's about how great it is to be in America. Because I I knew John Hughes well. I was besides Matthew Broderick, I was the only actor invited to his funeral, and uh, there was one other actor there, a very very famous actor, but he was invited by uh, one of John's children. It's I was actually the only an interesting story. Who it just because people brought this up on YouTube. 
the person that invited him is in one of the or, or in the group of friends is in one of the best Christmas movies of all time, which starred D- Dara McGavin and who is there with Peter Billingsley, which is a Christmas story. And um, um, but getting back to it, it was Vince Vaughn that you met that was there. I mean, yeah, I, I had no idea who he was. He was sitting next to me. <laughs> he, did he told me the story. He said, hi, Ben, it's Vince. And I said, Vince who? And I said, how do I know you? And he, anyway, he said, I'm Vince Vaughn. I, I did not know who he was. But of course, he's a tremendous movie star, and I'm not, but God bless his soul. Anyway. Um, Have you ever watched Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn? Have no. you ever watched Four? I, it is a wonderful Christmas movie. It is absolutely hilarious with him in it. Tell me the name of it again, please, sir. Four Christmases. Basically, him and Reese Witherspoon are going to meet their parents, except each of their parents are divorced. So they go see her oh, mom funny. and her dad and then his dad. That's very, and his funny. That's very yeah. funny. That's very funny. That's very funny. And of course, Vince is a good conservative. But um, yes, there, you know, it's so funny that you say that, though, because as I was watching Home Alone before and there was that scene in the church where Kevin was talking to the um, to the, the, the elderly man in the neighborhood. The, everybody the, the ice shovel murderer. Yeah. And John Hughes had this amazing ability. And people used to say it was kids thinking they were smarter. And it had nothing to do with that. It was that kids still have an open mind. Kids, kids still have a ton of empathy. You know, before I would say more, more than that. That means tons more. But I'm just saying that one scene in the church when he's telling when the when the guy, the old man, I don't know if you remember the scene, sir. He's like, I don't speak to my son, and he's like, Why not? And he's like, Well, we got in a fight many years ago, and he goes, So, he goes, well, You know, and he goes, Why don't you just call him? And he's like, you know, I'm afraid to call him. Why so, are you afraid? Yeah. Because I'm afraid he might hang up. And he's like, well, what if he does? Then you know at least. And it was such yeah, a beautiful I scene. I hate it when people tell things like that on television. It makes me cry. No, but it's 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 it, it, it harkens back to that Mike and the Mechanics song in the living years. You know, you you know, you try to you, you try to do all those things you can while you well, you know, the forgiveness and love. And I think that's the, 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 the big strand through any good Christmas movie, any good John Hughes movie was love. It was, it was. Well, that's the good. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Please, please. Yeah, please. It's your Christmas please. special, Big Hans. I think the big strand through Christmas is love and forgiveness. That's the whole thing. That's why it's such a great holiday. And that's why it's such a great holiday for everyone, because it's about God's love. It is not. And now, to be sure, many people who call themselves Christians were by no means in love with people who were not Christians or with other people who were Christians, especially not with Jews. But if you read the New Testament, and I have a very close friend who do read it very carefully and discuss it with me. It is about love. It's about love and forgiveness. And as I always say to you, Judah, I've said to you a million times, I happen to be one of the worst people in the world, married to the best person in the world. And she is the best person in the world because she is the most forgiving person in the world. And that, to me, is what Christmas is about. And that is why when when, when we say our prayers at night, I always say, thank you, God, for giving me the most Christian person in the world. And she is a living, breathing saint, a saint. I have to agree with you 100%, sir. And I've known her for 17 years. And you could take that to the bank. 
But I also want to get to uh, Ben. What were some of your favorite favorite Christmas movies? No, something I still don't think anyone is better than It's a Wonderful Life, and uh, I think it's too long and it's too convoluted. But I still think it's the best one that I know of. And uh, I, I just, I don't, I, I, even even though I worship John Hughes, I worship at the ground he walks on. I would kiss his feet. I still think uh, It's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas movie that, that I have ever seen. But I will also tell you, I'm sorry, that there's one Christmas scene in Gone with the Wind that is really, 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 I mean, Gone with the Wind, you know, you're racist, Ku Klux fans, whenever you like it. And, and there are parts of it that are very offensive. But uh, the Christmas scene in, in uh, Gone with the Wind is a very, very touching scene. Um, you see, I, I, I don't know if it's an age thing. I, I mean, I love It's a Wonderful Life, but for me, movies like A Christmas Story, the, the vacation movies, they, they, they um, especially Christmas Story as a Jew, I love that movie, just that they all at the end as the mother burns the turkey or the turkey, oh, no, the dog ate the turkey, right? Uh, whatever it was, and they, 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 at the end of the movie, the father gets the lamp the, you know, all he was, with, he, you know, he gets the Red Rider BB gun, Ralphie, and, he, and you know, the, the kid's tongue sticks to the ice pole. He gets the lampshade. Oh, Darren McGavin gets the lampshade leg. And at the end of it, all this chaos, they all go to, what was it, like Bay Lings or whatever, or whatever the people could remember the name of the Chinese restaurant. And I said, now that's a Christmas movie I could understand. It's Chinese. Well, and and now we can't have that because we are shut down by Comrade Newsom. So we can't have that. And, and Judah and I used to have a favorite Chinese restaurant that we went to down here in the desert. That shut down because of, I don't know what, because of, I don't know what exactly, but no Chinese food. Instead, this this old man you're looking at right now is going to be making filet of salmon on the grill. That's and, the way it is. We, we forgot to bring up somebody in YouTube. Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, very good, very good. They, they stupid like as much, but um, you know, I, I think it's an interesting. It's sort of interesting though to watch that because, right? Because those stores. I mean, you know, you know, it's like funny if you ever watch the Game Show Network and you watch like what they used to give away. Like I watched like Let's Make a Deal from the seventies. So many of those companies no longer exist, and it's it's sort of like going down memory lane of companies you never in your wildest dreams, Ben, thought would no longer exist and Macy's and Gimbal's. Never went. Macy's was out of business? The Gimbal's. Macy's, Macy's is not out of business. But not Gimbal's. Right, right. No, there are a lot of places that are out of business. A lot of the stores I grew up with are just gone, 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 gone. And soon I'll be gone. So that'll be the end of that. But I, but it's a, uh, the whole world has changed dramatically. But in many ways, it's better, and I will tell you why. Because every day I get to spend in America, while it's still a free country, is a giant plus. And the days when it's a free country are dwindling. I can tell we're not going to be a free country forever, but we're going to be a free country a while longer, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to do whatever's in my poor power to keep it going Uh God bless you, Mr. Trump, for giving it going as long as you did. And God bless everybody who keeps it going by insisting that we are free people. We're not pegs to be moved around on a board by Mr. Biden or by Mr. Newsom, that 
son of a bitch. I just cannot believe how he has curtailed our freedom here in California. You're 100% correct. And somebody else brought up Bad Santa. And Ben, if you haven't seen yes. it, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, Bad Santa is a great, it's very dirty, but it's a very funny movie. Oh, it's, it's, it's very dirty. It's awesome. Funny. God rest his soul. Who is in that? The black guy that's dead now. I can't think of his name. And I don't want to get sick. Somebody say. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Bernie Mac. Is it Bernie Mac? Um, that's that's Cedric the Entertainer, is it? Yes, no, might, I think it's for no, Cedric the Entertainer is still alive. But oh, anyway, okay. I want to get to something else. I before we go to cut the break, and, and I'm sure they'll tell me in on the YouTube chat. But I want one of my favorite movies. It's very debatable, but whether it is a Christmas movie or not, because this movie has one of my favorite Christmas songs in it, which is the movie Die Hard, which I consider to be a Christmas classic. It's set on Christmas when he gets into the car. You're listening to Christmas Time and it's it's Christmas Time in Hollis, Queens by Run DMC, one of the greatest Christmas songs ever made. And on that note, after the break, we will get into some of our favorite Christmas songs because I'm sure Ben and I and Ben uh, offered up to do some acapella. But before that, Remzo, if you just tuned in, you're on the world according to Ben Stein. It's a Ben Stein Christmas special. Remzo, tell people where they can find us. Hey, if you're watching and you just joined in, you know, there's an easy way to figure out what's going on. Go ahead and hit that bell icon in the top corner. That way you get a notification each time we go live or there's a new uploaded episode. You can go ahead and follow us on social media at the world, according to Ben Stein on Facebook and easier than ever at Ben Stein on parlor. And please, it costs you nothing, but it means everything to us, leaving us an honest five star rating and review on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, um, you know, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to podcasts, if you're catching the audio version, that way it lets everyone know what we're talking about, the fun we're having, and how we can go ahead and bring a little bit of entertainment, information, and levity to your day. So please share it with your friends, your enemies, your lovers, your loved ones. Let everybody know because they should know. Subscribe to The World According to Ben Stein on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. Um, I make one. What? Yes, I'm sorry. No, I just want to welcome other, everybody back to the world according to Ben Stein. Ben, go for it. There's one other Christmas uh, spirit type movie that we have completely neglected, Patton. And Patton, what? Patton, yes, Patton is rushing his third army to Bastogne at just, not exactly at Christmas, but just about at Christmas to repel the gigantic Nazi counterattack known as the Battle of the Bulge. And as the American soldiers are fighting their way through the snow with the Germans in characteristic German fashion, fighting incredibly well to, to knock them back, they're playing Christmas songs in the background. And that's a, a very, very moving song about the incredible bravery of the American fighting man in, uh, during Christmas time. That's incredible. And there's another one whose name escapes me, but it's about the American soldiers who are holed up in Corregidor after the Japanese invaded the Philippines and are celebrating their final Christmas before the Japanese uh, take over all the rest of Bataan Peninsula and soon, not immediately, but soon Corregidor. And that's very touching and as my wife would say, heart rendering. And- uh, you, They're way too long for you. <laughs> what? There's that long, way too far in the past for you, Russ. No, it's not because, listen, Remzo is 19, 19 years younger than me. And that's the great thing about classics. I'm only and, seven. What? 
No, I was joking with listeners. I'm only seven years old. Yes, and, and that's, <laughs> ben, that's the great thing about great movies and great music and great, and, and it, 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 you were in a movie, and I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your, you were in a movie that in 150 years, people will still be watching. And there are some movies and some songs that in, I hope in 200 years, if we're still free, people are listening to. I hope they're not saying like they, they have like this, you know, little VHS thing from like Tropic Thunder, like, you know, like, you know, where, where, where they only have one VHS tape. We'll be watching Tropic Thunder a thousand years from now. When the aliens come to Earth and they're looking around and they're like, what's going on? Tropic Thunder will be there. And, uh, that, and, no, that's a great movie, boys. boys <laughs> Galaxy. Let, let, let let's get back to it. I want to get back to it because I brought up Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. And Ben, I want to get to some of the music from your generation that you love. I see the music from my generation is also the music from, let's say, 1935 to 1955. Bing Crosby, Eartha Kitt, Frank Sinatra, Nat King Cole. These are the great singers. Jingle Bells, White Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, uh, Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt. I have a friend, a beautiful young girl who's ultra materialistic and is uh, get, uh, very, very, very successfully ultra materialistic. And I played uh, Santa Baby for her and she was just in ecstasy. And she was just jumping up and down. She's so excited. Uh, but uh, my wifey and I, uh, well, my wifey doesn't like listening to music, frankly, but uh, I was listening uh, to uh, Christmas songs from the 40s and 50s. I like them all. I don't think there is a Christmas song that's a classic in the 40s and 50s that I don't like. And, and the interesting thing is, you see me, I'm a Jew, 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 Jew. And all through elementary school, junior high school, high school, we listened to Christmas music. We had Christmas music assemblies. I'm still a Jew. It, it, it didn't do anything bad to me at all. Not at all. It, 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 you know, as a kid, it was a little awkward because I grew up in a different sort of a environment than you did. But the older I got to be, I got to be honest, my favorite band, um, as you know, Ben, is The Killers. And once a year, they would make a song for Christmas and they donated all the money to charity to help fight AIDS. And um, one of them was with your old pal, Jimmy. It was called Joel the Lump of Coal. Um, I, I beg everybody to listen to this song, but one of the, they, they have, a, they, um, they have, they have a, a song called The Great Big Sled, and they have a brilliant line, Ben, in it, and it's, it's it, it, I think of you, and I think of me, and I'll think of Remzo, and there's a great line, and it says, little boys have action toys for brains, and I thank God, uh, little boys have action toys for brains, and I, I, I thank God it, it has lasted this long or whatever. I, I'm, it's, I'm blanking on it under pressure right now, but it's like that idea that we still have action toys for brains. We're still youthful. We still have spirit is that of the song, you know, that, um, and I'm just encouraging everybody to go listen to the killers tonight and download all their Christmas albums and help charity out a little bit. But, um, you know, so for me, I have no problem with it either, sir. I, I, I think White Christmas is a beautiful song. It's one of the most beautiful Incredibly songs. Incredibly great song. Undoubtedly written by a Jew. Um, Undoubtedly. In fact, I'm, I think it was written by Irving Berlin, who's a full-scale Jew. And uh, uh, Jews love Christmas. It, this is in one of, it's either Philip Roth or Saul Bellow's books. He is speaking to someone, I forget who, and he says, this is a big secret. Jews love Christmas. And I, I think it's true. 
I, I, I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. I grew up in a suburb of Washington called Silver Spring. It's now an enormous city. It was a small town when I grew up there. And it would at Christmas time would be just wonderful. Every store would have exhibits and sorry, I should say displays. And everyone was very cheerful and nice and friendly. And it was great. And uh, I miss that very much. Now I live in Beverly Hills most of the time. And there are displays there. But I mean, there are displays uh, of things that the ordinary person can't even imagine buying. And what, and what about you, Rams? Oh, man, it's last Christmas by Wham. And, and, you know, people make fun of that song. People make fun of that song. But here's my thing. It always means no, a bit. I don't, so. I don't even know how it goes. Last Christmas, I gave I it my heart. heart. And oh, the very next day, oh, you gave it I know away. That. <laughs> yeah. I know that song. I know that song very well. God bless you. God bless yeah, you. What, what, uh, what, what always strikes me about that song is that it means a little extra more when you know that George Michaels died of heart failure almost a year after that song came out. So this idea wow. of him, you know, giving his heart away, I, you know, it, it's not it's not too waxing poetically in that sense, but it just it, it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, he was known for that song and that one lyric and that also happens to be how he left this earth. How sad that is, and how, how incredibly sad that is. But again, Christmas is about hope. And, uh, it, you know, it's very interesting. People don't know this. The Nazis hated Christmas. They hated Christ. They hated Christianity. Hitler said that even more than the Jews, because it made humanity weak, and uh, he, he is quoted in a number of places as saying that mankind would have been better off if they, we had stayed with paganism and worshipped uh, pagan gods instead of having Christianity. And I think most people don't know that. They think that uh, if you're a Nazi, that in some way that's connected with Christianity. Absolutely not. It's the exact opposite of Christianity. And uh, I think that's a very valuable thing to know. If Hitler hated it, it has to be good. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, one of my favorite uh, Christian thought leaders and really someone I believe is is elevated to sainthood is uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And, you know, Bonhoeffer was trying to warn the West about the, the crisis that was going on in the Deutsch Church at the time, because what they did was they went into all the Lutheran churches. And the first thing the Nazis did was they put up Nazi memorabilia and they tore down all the stained glass, all the crosses, all the hymnals, everything that was of Christian um, symbolism, because they, they did that. Then they went in and they kicked out the Old Testament. They said it was Jewish propaganda. Then they rewrote the New Testament. I mean, they, they tore up the book of Matthew and the letters of Paul and everyone else. I mean, it, it was it was horrible. And he was just warning people. It's like what they're doing is they're trying to say, yeah, we, we like some of this, but they're going to go ahead and recreate it in their own image. It was horrifying. And Bonhoeffer died because of that. It's, it's a wonderful thing to know that the Germans who had a long history of, of Christianity uh, were just totally betrayed and seduced by the Nazis into thinking that Christianity had something to do with Hitler. But in fact, as I say, Hitler just hated it. And all the people around him just hated it. And uh, his main enemy in uh, Nazism was a famous uh, 
bishop, Catholic bishop, who was the only prominent person, the only one in Germany who spoke out against the euthanasia of mentally ill and of Jewish, half Jewish children or Jewish children and of euthanasia. The Nazis euthanized people who are chronically unemployed. The, the Nazis euthanized people who are chronic alcoholics. The bishop, I think it was the bishop of, of Mainz or the bishop of Augsburg spoke out against it so forcefully that even Hitler backed down for a couple of years on the euthanasia program, the so-called T4 program. And uh, that is real Christianity. That is incredibly impressive Christianity. Uh, and Hitler hated that. He was furious about that. But even he dared not take on that bishop. You know, I, I, I um, on a more lighter note, but Remzo also raised a great, great. Almost anything would be on a lighter note. But, but Remzo, on a lighter note, brought up something very interesting. Because both of you did without realizing it. Is you brought up all these songs that were pre pre the fifties, pre the forties. Many of them, most Christmas songs were written then, um, and they've just been covered ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. And Remzo brought up. And it's almost like America's Americans American bands or songwriters lost their creativity, or they thought they couldn't write Christmas music anymore. And the British, it's almost like every year they have a competition of, of who could write the number one Christmas song that year. And obviously that year it was Wham, but it's like neck and neck every single year. These British bands, do they know it's Christmas? I mean, you know, it, it's, it's it, tons of it, raising for charity. And here it's like, okay, Carrie Underwood sings, you know, uh, you know, sleigh bells ringling, you know, like how many different- Oh, wait, well, well, the Beatles had an incredibly great Christmas song, an unbelievably great yeah. Christmas song. And, uh, and, and it's an interesting thing that you're bringing up there, my friend Judah, country music still likes Christmas songs and has unashamed, Christmas lyrics. That's a pretty, very big segment of the popular music category and a very big category of popular music. And uh, so they're, they're doing something right over there. Yeah, but, get, forget, but, getting back to it, but getting back to it, what happened here? Why is it that the British are, are coming up with this music and not, I mean, it, I, I, it's almost like it, it's a sign of the times like Christmas like it's been like poo pooed on to write new stuff. To be I, I, would, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, good, that's a very good question. I don't know. Sorry. I, I would take it from kind of a different view, Judah. I think, you know, in many ways, when you look at a lot of Christmas traditions with the, you know, I people call it the commercialization of Christmas. I call it the hall, hallmarkification of Christmas. Uh, you know, n nostalgia wins. And when you look at uh, Spotify, Spotify put out their uh, playlist of the most listened to Christmas music in the year 2020. You know, the top 10 is basically the regular stuff you would want. Number one is always going to be Mariah Carey's This Christmas. But number 10, I think, was a new song. I, I think it was sung by Ariana Grande, and it's called uh, Santa Tell Me. And it's not a bad song. I mean, it's it's very it's very much in the vein of a lot of these more traditional uh, music, uh, you know, cr Christmas songs. But I think, you know, largely while you know there there's always going to be somebody that wants to put themselves out there and write that song, there's just something about the nostalgia of that. This is the one time of year where you get that sense of predictability. I think people want that, and especially in 2020, I think people are betting on nostalgia more than anything else.
And you've raised a brilliant point. 2020 has been such a very, very unsettling year, very disturbing year in so many ways. I think to go back to the Christmas, Christmas classics is a way of settling us and calming us down. I know that I, I just, I think I wrote this to you last night, Judah. I'm not sure. I think I did. I was, it was so late. I got, I don't even remember what I, who I was trying to do. Uh, I, I was sitting there in front of my fireplace in my bedroom and I was listening to Christmas music and I wrote, here I am in front of this fireplace listening to Christmas music. Uh, 2020 has been a very, very challenging year in many, many ways, but it's just so great to be here and to be in America and listening to this music. It's just so great. This day has been paradise. And I feel the same way in about today. I spent part of the day with a very dear friend from a foreign country uh, who is incredibly grateful to be in America. I spent most of the day with my wifey, the best person on the face of the earth. And uh, the fire was burning. I went swimming in my pool under the stars. It's just great. It's just, it's just absolutely great. We're about to have some yummy delay of salmon that I will make with my own fingers. And it's just, it's just great. And I want to hear those Christmas songs for the rest of my life. I want to hear White Christmas. I want to hear I'll be home for Christmas till the, till the end of my life. I don't, I don't need any new songs. I'm very happy with the old songs. I'll be home for Christmas. Oh my God. That's, that's it, the it's, it's actually the killers. Just, he actually, it's an, it's a great story. He covered it. He covered it, but he shares the story about when he had moved from uh, Henderson, Nevada to, to someplace in wherever Jewel is from in Utah and his eighth grade teacher or his fifth grade or what he was nine. So whatever grade teacher got up and sang that song acapella in front of the classroom. And while all the other kids were, were like, you know, my, he was just sitting there and thinking about the meaning of that song as the teacher told him the meaning of that song of being away Wonderful. from war and not knowing if you're coming home. And he, he, the last song he did, he brought in his 86 year old teacher and they sang it together. And, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And, well, let's think, let's think, think about that. Let's think about the people who are fighting for us. Let's think about the soldiers, the Navy men, the Air Force people, the Air Force, the Coast Guard. Let's think about our police, our sheriff's deputies cruising around on Christmas Eve. Let's think about them and how incredibly brave they are. And let's, Think about how much we love them. Let's think about. Let's think. I mean, Christmas is about love. I love the people who protect us. I'm, I'm madly in love with them. No, I agree a hundred percent, and I think that's that is a huge. Um, it, you know, it, it has been a whack. I mean, obviously, it's. I, I think we. You know, I, I don't even want it to. The, the year has been all goofy and all, but um, you're right. I think Remzo, you you raised the exceptional point. Both of you did that. People need old now. You know, people need the familiar. People need what's comfortable. Or as uh, somebody said, you know, on uh, on YouTube chat, um, you know, the, you know, they they need their like GI Joes and their, you know, the, those things that are comfy. You know, uh, Remzo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the one thing that worries me is that um, there, there there's not. I won't necessarily say a loss of culture in America. But it's a changing culture. And, you know, while certain people that I, I graduated fr from Liberty University with will say it's a it, it's a decline of, you know, Western Christian values. 
I'll say it's it's forgetting what made the country great, which is, yes, it's, of course, that that Judeo-Christian foundation. But it's also the understanding that, you know, for everybody in this country, we can unite around, you know, the, you know, Thanksgiving, around Fourth of July, around Christmas. And slowly over the years, especially the last decade, I, I remember growing up as a young adult, um, you know, Thanksgiving is becoming more controversial. Fourth of July this year. Um, wait, so minute, why, wait, 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 why is Thanksgiving controversial? Well, they're saying it's, um, you know, it's celebrating, uh, you know, the the genocide of of the Native American Indian, which if anyone knows anything about Thanksgiving, they'll understand it wasn't the pilgrims. It was the pilgrims descendants almost four or five generations later over a land dispute. So, I mean, they do that. They say that, you know, 4th of July is celebrating American imperialism. Then they say that Christmas is a capitalist holiday. I mean, they, they just they, they want to take these things that people love and they want to try and find a way to rip it away. Because when you re when you remove something, they don't just want it not to be there. They want to replace it with something else. And what they replace it with, no matter what they call it or what they'll say it's about, it will never be something positive. It's always going to be Bolshevik materialism. That, that I want to point out a couple of things. I am in the study of our house in Rancho Mirage, which is near Palm Springs. Over there, over my left shoulder, is a picture of Ronald Wilson Reagan uh, having a meeting of his economic advisors. That's reassuring to think that we had people like Reagan. My father is sitting two down for him. Over here, over this shoulder, are meant some of the medals that my wife's father won in World War II in Vietnam. That's reassuring we have men like that in this world. This is his, this is his commission from West Point. That's reassuring in this day and time, that we have men and women like that who are still there to fight for America. And I'm, I'm, I'm positive that America will continue to throw into the public life men and women who are able to do that kind of thing for America. They're doing it right now, somewhere all over America. People are, men and women are riding around in police cars in dangerous neighborhoods, protecting us, protecting people in dangerous neighborhoods. Right now in bedraggled, horrible forts and posts far away from home, our soldiers and Marines who are defending us. There are people in ships out at sea, defending us, people in airplanes far away defending us. We have got to be, Yes, I know it's not Thanksgiving, but we have got to be very, very grateful for what's going on. We have got to be very, very grateful. You know, I was I was driving around last night and I was listening to a band I just brought up and they had a line in their Damn. song. And it's how on earth did we get so mixed up, Ben? Uh. Like, and and, I, and that's, that line was just resonating with me because like I don't believe in my heart of hearts that most Americans think the way these radicals think. I don't. I think most Americans are good, honest people. They're lost right now. They're 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 they're, they're going down a rabbit hole, following just idiocy. But I don't believe that they're bad people. In my heart of hearts, I believe ten percent of them might be stone cold evil. But um, you know, like the Louis Farrakhan's or the or it doesn't matter. But I, how the hell, Ben, did we get so mixed up? Because we have a lot of left-wing haters in the media who have told us we're bad people. Now, when I, when I, I'm way older than either of you, 
And I can tell you, when I was a child, the media told us all the time, America is the greatest place on earth. You're incredibly lucky to be in America. Our parents told us all the time. One neighbor's parents were communists. He went on to be a very, very famous person. But other than that, uh, our parents told us how blessed we were to be Americans, how incredibly blessed we were to be Americans. And uh, that's what our schools taught us all the time. That's what the media said all the time. Now the media has changed. The schools have changed. They tell us we should be ashamed of being Americans. Uh, that's bad stuff. It's very, very bad stuff. Remzo, I mean, what? What? Remzo, you're way, way, way younger than I. What? 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 Are you? Well, liberty. You must have been taught that it's great. To American, right? You must. Have oh, absolutely. I mean, I went to a military junior college where we were taught about the value of being, uh, you know, being of service to our country. And that Liberty University, it was remembering you know, what allowed us to get to this point. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I know that Liberty is often trounced in, in the media, but I, I just remember what Jerry Falwell Sr. used to say, which is everything is, you know, all, all these mountains you see, all these grand achievements you see, you know, they, when you look at the beginning of it, it may have been just molehills at a time that compounded upon each other, but it was mountains of faith knowing it was there. And, you know, the, the fact that we're here and it's another Christmas, this is an achievement. And I was speaking with a good friend of mine on my show on the run. We had an episode talking about, you know, why we miss movie theaters and new movies being open. But ultimately, the message was really, you know, this might not be a year where we got everything that we wanted, at, you know, as we were looking back at New Year's Eve 2019. But my gosh, if 2020 is one thing, it's a year to be thankful for what we have. And it's often you hard. To, yeah, I mean, it's often hard to be happy sometimes. Uh, you know, it's okay for people to be sad. But the one thing that we can do is to take an account of our lives and the gifts that our Lord has given us and just the safety and the security and that hope. And that is what allows us to find this achievement. The fact that we're here and we're able to have this discussion, you know, despite everything that's happened, that is something to be thankful for. We are very, we should be thankful for everything. I was at the grocery store today and I, and I was just awed by the amount of food there is, by the amount of, of plenty there is, by all kinds of different people, all different ages, races, ethnicities, sexes, buying food and just tons of food. It took mankind 50,000 years to get to a place where food was readily available to almost everyone. We are such blessed people. It's insane. No, you're right. Dude, and, I, um, I, I apologize. I keep on losing my video feed. Um, but um, you're right. We have abundance. We have so many good things. And I just wish people would wake up and say, you know what? Let's just stop with the crap and have some gratitude. You know, let's. Absolutely. You know, it's an enough. attitude of gratitude. Sorry? attitude of gratitude I yeah not with say. the people that are trying to destroy us and break us apart because i believe they're the minority and i will believe that to the day i die that the the people that try to destroy are the minority but ben i did promise people that you would do an acapella version of your well you promised it too of one of your favorite christmas songs so if you could serenade us um and so merry christmas and a happy new year. Here's hoping a good one will last through the year. That's a little bit of the Beatles song about Merry Christmas. But my very favorite Christmas song is 
I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll have a blue Christmas, it's true. You'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white. But I'll have a blue, 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 blue Christmas. That's by the King, Elvis Presley, whom I met, actually shook hands with at the White House, and he was there visiting Nixon. It was great. And on that note, um, Ben, I want to thank you very much. I want to thank you kindly. I want to thank everybody out there, Bremzo, uh, on Bremzo, YouTube. Merry Christmas. I, ben, before you leave, don't leave yet. I want to thank everybody on YouTube. Bremzo, um, can you please tell everybody where they could find us? Yeah, please go ahead. Find us on Facebook at The World According to Ben Stein. You can find us uh, most of the time at Ben Stein on Parlor. And please, if you haven't had a chance, hit that subscribe bell and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts at The World According to Ben Stein. And can I give a shout out to somebody where you're at, Remzo? Is that allowed? Yeah, absolutely. Let's give a shout out to Remzo's father. Tell people what your father has done for this country, Remzo. Yeah, absolutely. My father's a, a 28-year career army officer. God bless his soul. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's always great to have him here. I remember one Christmas where he was, uh, you know, deployed in Iraq in 2006. It was one wow, of my first wow, Christmases wow. without him. And, you know, it's always one of those moments where, we're, we're, you know, family is just an incredibly important thing. And, you know, to have him here, to have all my family here, just to be safe, just to be sound is always something where, you know, we're just incredibly blessed for. And um, we are very blessed to have men like your father and and, and your mother, and I assume your mother is part of the family too, and, and children and like I, you. And, and at that moment, I want to just remind everybody, everybody, no matter what your religion, your faith, your political ideology, remember there are people out there that are doing God's work, like Remzo's father. There are people that are saving their, saving lives, risking lives for all of us. And if you could go to bed at night, just thinking about that, you might wake up a happier person. How many people have died for us you. to live? Absolutely. So many people died so we can live the way we live. It's really, really great stuff to think about. Thank you at Ramzon Parlor. Thank you at Ben Stein and Parlor. And Merry Christmas to everybody that tuned in tonight and that's going to tune in afterwards. I want to really thank you from the bottom of my heart. Have a great night. Have a happy Christmas. A Merry Christmas. And um, Merry, Merry. And if we don't see you before New Year's, we should. Happy New Year. But um, have a great night, everybody. Ben, remember, you have to stay on for a minute to say hello to Remzo's father. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Good night, everybody. And uh, let me stop the stream.